Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Talent Surgery. We want to celebrate the individuals that have revolutionized the hiring and onboarding processes across the fintech industry. We believe it's the people that really define and execute strategy and therefore want to showcase the agility needed to build the great teams. Today, we have Anna Pullen, the talent manager of GPS, Global Processing Services, the company that are the tech behind the tech of every payment system we make daily. So Anna, welcome. Thank you very much for joining me on the series. Hello, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. So I'm really excited today um, because I know that you're gonna, um, you're gonna impart lots of really good knowledge to us all. But before we get there, can you just give us an overview about GPS and exactly what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, GPS uh, kind of started life not as GPS. It started life um, as FlexiCard. So our founders, uh, Tony and Craig, uh, created you know, probably one of the first successful um, kind of prepaid cards. So you could kind of allow a lot of flexibility for what you could do and closed loop, open loop um, card processing. They then built an in-house processing system for that. And what that basically means, because I get this all the time, actually, what does that mean? Um, You know, let's say you're booking a holiday, not at the moment because of Corona, but let's say you're (laughs) you're booking a holiday to the States and you know, you, you press um, proceed to payment, you've put in the long number on the front of your card, the three on the back, your expiry date, and you hit proceed to payment and that kind of little pin wheel of death turns up and you're like, is this mm. going to go through? Um, that's us, that's the bit we I do. Like that, that kind of... Pin wheel of death. <laughs> yeah, yeah to- I totally understand that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, kind of at the heart of what we do is that accept or decline piece, but what makes us kind of truly fantastic is the level of customizability that we can offer. Mm. Um, so we're, we're essentially a third party a technical a third party kind of provider mm-hmm. um, for a lot of companies so we are the engine house for a lot of kind of challenger banks and uh, you know we work with very cool companies that do things like payment rings um, so you know a lot a lot of the big players in, in the fintech industry at the moment um, we're powering a lot of their technology yeah. or at least supporting them so um, the world's your oyster really um, with, with what you can do with our payment systems um, and you know we have a flex, it's a very flexible platform that people can kind of work mm. across. Mm. Well, I mean, I think that's that's exactly the key of today and what we're talking about. Um, I love how you say uh, we're the engine house. Uh, we power a lot of other people's technology because often, you know, people just hear in fintech are the big are the big names like, oh, oh, I know Visa. Yeah, because I use a Visa card. I know, I know yeah. American Express, but actually. <laughs> It's interesting you mentioned the Visa thing. Everyone just thinks Visa own, Visa and MasterCard just own everything and do everything. And, you know, it wasn't until I was in the industry and I got the call from my manager, like, do you want to come and work for us? And I was like, sure, but I don't know what you do. But, um, you know, I didn't realise until kind of you come into the industry that that little slice of payments, people are making money off that. And Mm. it's a massive ecosystem. I think we use the word fintech quite a lot to cover many, many sins and it's actually, I think, once you dive into even a small part of it, it's such an interesting industry to get into. Mm, mm, absolutely. I love how passionate you are about oh, the I industry, because <laughs> me too. And I'm at the minute, I'm going to uh, lots of universities and doing talks on like what the hell is fintech. You're so right, because people at university level, they've got, they've got no idea because we all use the phrase or the word so 
so willy-nilly to yeah. cover everything. And what I'm trying to do is, uh, myself, I'm trying to say fintech for when it's fintech and financial services technology for when it's sort of the more old school companies that we associated with financial services yeah. technology. So Just big to, like legacy systems that you're kind of working on. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we can only try. Now, why don't you explain to us a little bit more about what your role is? Because I know that you, you've been pinnacle to the growth, the retention, the uh, the building of the great teams that you've got at GPS? Um, so at a really basic level, um, I hire people. Uh, it's not, not too complicated, um, yeah. but to get it right is, is difficult. And I don't think we're there yet, but, you know, we've got a lot of opportunity. So, you know, what I've been brought in to do is lay out strategy and, yeah. you know, build, build upon how do we have sustainable, scalable growth as a business. So at, at the moment, um, you know, from 2018, we've had some private equity funding, um, and as a result, that has just boomed. We have just exploded. So uh, it was my year anniversary at the company yesterday. Oh, congrats. Um, what a perfect time to do it. I know, great, part. right? Great. <laughs> it's like a birthday gift to myself. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, I was running all the statistics and stuff. We'd hired 71 people within from when I first joined. Wow. Um, which is an incredible amount, I think, for, for a company that you know, has almost doubled in, in size. And obviously with that, that was all being handled before my before me, that was all being handled by my manager, which is she's our head of people, so we'd be doing HR, learning development, and this is too much to, to handle. And we're opening offices in Sydney and Singapore, and we've got Dubai on the cards and, you know, wherever else afterwards. And I think you need someone to kind of head that up and, and build. And what our CEO Joe says quite a lot is we want to scale sensibly. And that's part of it. Mm. We're a big enough company now that we should have processes. And it's not sexy and not a lot of people love it. I love processes because it means everyone knows what they're doing when they're doing it. Um, but I like structure. <laughs> yeah. I'm methodical. And that's it. And, it's, and I think especially with recruitment, we're, we're in a people business and it's bringing the subjectivity out of it. It's making sure that we have the right hires at the right time. I, I know um, that's I'll probably get onto it later, but kind of my biggest challenges is there are so many fantastic people out there and it's actually getting the right person at the right time and saying no to, to the good people when, when it doesn't work for you as a business. So really for me, um, I'm there to bring structure, scale out and hire people. And I yeah. think it's it's about education as well. And I think we've got um, a big piece about actually it's not individual streams within HR. We all kind of bleed into each other. So who yeah. I hire leads into what Annette does, so who's my manager, so what she does with the HR team and what our fantastic learning and development manager does, you know, all those things that we're picking up at interview stage. Yeah. This is candidate X's weakness, actually. Let's put them on a training course that we know and that mm. goes into retention. So it all, it all kind of feeds into one. So I'm part. I'm a small part of a big cog, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. It's like an ecosystem, I, I always think. A hundred percent, yeah. And if that ecosystem, if you work well together, that thrives. If you don't, there's there's often pain points that, that aren't really needed within it. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I said to you before we started recording, like I love your team down there. I think you've got a great ecosystem. Come join us. That was a great team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's it's such a like you've all you, you've all got such big personalities, um, but you really respect what each other does within that ecosystem, which I think is so important. And if you're saying that we've got to bring the subjectivity out of it. Absolutely, you need to be able to communicate to one another. Because so. you probably know, there's nothing worse than you, you get feedback from a manager. They were just okay, or yeah. just no, I, I just didn't feel it. What does that mean? Yeah, like, yeah. how can I learn from it? Exactly, and it's breaking it down. And I think 
um, there's a big piece around, you know, uh, I think the founder of uh, Revolut said it was um, not everybody is is ready to ride the rocket ship. So I think they refer to Revolut as the rocket ship, and you know, not everybody's going to be able to to ride that. And I think it's it's a case of making sure that your company and you break that down into the most minute blocks of actually what are our core values mm. and what are the core values of this candidate and do they match and, and yeah. does it move forward well yeah absolutely so you touched upon um the challenges that you face so let's go to that yeah. next so you said it's it's um it's about getting the right people at the right time which i think is quite interesting because a lot of people say the right people in the right position and actually i really value what you've just said there about it's got to be the right time for them and are they ready for your version of the rocket ship, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. I think um, this is actually a, a, something I was taught kind of very early in my career by uh, one of my very first managers, actually. Um, mm. And then he he had a really extensive um, recruitment agency past and kind of then moved in-house. And he'd always kind of separated it as recruitment agencies are finding the right candidates and finding them at the right position. And internal is finding the right candidates at the right time. Because... You could have. What is the point of having, you know, a uh, Premier League player if you're only League One, right? Yeah. They're going to come. So you could sell them the dream, and they're going to come. They're going to be unhappy, and you're going to lose them quickly. And actually, with that, you will lose other referrals for high performers. So, for example, we we have some of our best candidates come through referrals in the business, but that but to have those referrals, you need to make sure that your people are happy in the roles that they're in, and. Um, you know, it, I find it utterly heartbreaking speaking to really talented candidates, but being, but we have to be honest with ourselves that actually we're not in a position to give them what they want. You know, it was just the other day I was speaking to someone, absolutely phenomenal candidate, but for the level of growth that she would want, we wouldn't be able to offer that at mm-hmm. the moment. And I think it would be a case of us saying, you know, you were fantastic, but two, three years down the line, let's see where you are, because mm-hmm. actually we'll be in a position to support you and you will have gained so much more knowledge. And mm-hmm you know that person's good, so you know that they are going to get that knowledge. And um, I know uh, Jo, who's our CEO, I think we, we have this conversation all the time. She comes up to me and she's like, I found this fantastic person. Let's try and, you know, find a role for them in the business. And I kind of have to be in there like, no. Because um, <laughs> yeah. ultimately, you, you then, and again, it goes back to that structure piece, you then mess up your structures. If you're just trying to bring good people on board for the sake of having talent within your business, they grow frustrated we grow frustrated because you're not seeing the the outputs that you might think you would mm-hmm. um, kind of treads on other people's toes as well so um it's all part and parcel it's it's making sure that the, f- the fit is right there's no point putting a square peg in a, in a round hole um but it's mm-hmm. also making sure it is timing and that's an unfortunate part of our business it's, it's, it's timing like right for the greater good isn't it that's what you're saying and, and i think and i think this is it i think with internal recruitment at least I think part of the reason I love it is you know your business inside out you know your team's inside out and while usually externally you find a superstar does a superstar fit into a team and I think no no business is is just one person and if it is one person you're in a lot of trouble because actually (laughs) what's going to happen if they go yeah I'm going to quote you on that (laughs) no business is one person you're absolutely and like and it's absolutely fine to have high performers but you have to work as a team and, and this is one of the things that you know I try and say to some of my managers is look at look at your team where are your weaknesses and I think this is really kind of key for us um, and, and where we can kind of improve as well is looking at our weaknesses weaknesses aren't something to shy away from they're something to improve mm-hmm. and actually looking at your team actually does your team have an issue where they can't 
they can't get things over the line. So they don't have that closer. They don't mm. have that person that can push things over the line or, you know, they don't have someone that can coordinate. Let's bring somebody in that is weaker in the areas that that team's stronger in and stronger in the areas that they're weaker in. Mm. And look, mm. you've made a perfect team and they're getting on great and they're high flying, right? So it's almost like someone else in the business could bring you um, a really, really great opener and you're like, well, no, I have to be, I have to do what's right for that team. We need someone who's great at doing the actual end close. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it's assessing your business as a whole and, um, you know, and, and that's taking into managers into account, right? Mm. So, um, and, and I think this is one of the hardest things is as a manager, um, actually assessing yourself actually what sort of people do you manage well what sort of people don't you manage well um you know well, i know you're giving me some advice because i'll start thinking about it, it's that, something yeah. and you know i think there's something to be said for you have to adapt the way that you manage people but there are just some people fundamentally that aren't going to do well under your leadership so um i take my relationship with my manager for example so we worked together for um a long time previously but she only managed me for about six weeks or so um in my last place and then kind of i came over here um, but we, but she's very direct with me. You've done this wrong. You've done that right. And some people hate that. I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah, I messed up. I'm just going to fix that now. And it kind of pushes me to be better. And I know some um, some people that you know wouldn't work well under that sort of environment. And actually, it's being honest with you as a candidate. What sort of leadership do I like? What does good leadership look like to me? And it's for you to look like uh, to look as a manager. Actually. I know how I am when I'm stressed. I know how I am when I'm doing well. I know how I like to show recognition. Yeah. And, you know, top tier managers will be able to adapt and manage all sorts of people, but not everyone's a top tier manager. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's about being honest with your flaws and actually finding the right fit in terms of this is what I know I can do and this is the sort of person I can help. Yeah. I suppose the challenge there for you is because you, you know these teams so well and you know your managers so well, you probably know the answer to who they are better at managing and who they're not and then I can imagine just some people will be in denial yeah I can manage everybody and you're like well yeah it leads to that awkward conversation at least that awkward conversation of you've met a candidate oh they're absolutely fantastic and you know I want to hire them and then you think ah I can see trouble down the road for you too you know Mm. um and I suppose it's how do you tell them that sensitively um but yeah absolutely that's some really interesting insights into the industry. And I think as well, me being an external recruiter, it's really hitting on a number of chords because um, you're absolutely right. I've always said, yeah, like let's find that all-star. But actually, it's about really understanding the business when, when it's about being the talent manager of the business. You're, you're the people manager of everyone, really. And, and it's, so, it's much more complex than it first seems, so the challenges that you face. So um, moving on... Um, GPS, I want you to tell us what makes it a great place to work. Um, I want you to go into people strategy. Um, I'm excited to hear it all. Okay, Uh, GPS, what makes it a great place to work? Uh, Opportunity. Opportunity is, there's so much opportunity there. And obviously there's a a flip side of that in terms of we don't have everything that we need there, but Mm -hmm. the right sort of person will see the opportunity of, they don't have X, Y, and Z, therefore I'm going to come and bring it to them. And we have such a supportive senior leadership team. Um, you know, they, they look after and they're very, very invested in, in their departments. Um, you know, Jo, our CEO, her door is always open. Yeah. Um, you know, she is an incredibly 
uh, intelligent and passionate woman, and she just wants to make sure that we are that we are improving as a business. And you know, we don't always get it right, but we are always open to suggestions and improving. You know, um, Neil, our, our kind of chief commercial officer, uh, well, global chief commercial officer, he is such a doer. He just wants the best, and he will push us to be better as well. Um, we have. Uh, you know, we've just hired a new CTO and uh, chief product officer as well. We have a new CFO. So, you know, there's a lot of change abound. And um, with that comes great opportunity because we are growing. Um, you know, I think the fact that we are global, it kind of adds a new dimension. But actually being able to work with teams and partners from all different parts. The product is fascinating. The industry is fascinating um, in terms of kind of people's strategy and where we're looking to go um i think for us it may sound like a little bit a little bit cliched we just want to make sure people are happy where they yeah. work um as an internal recruiter i feel like a ridiculous sense of of responsibility for people i bring into the business i bet you do yeah um because you know i don't want that person turning around in three months time being like i had a shocking time here yeah. you know that and will... that this isn't what you promised me yeah. exactly i massively relate to that and you know i never want to oversell and kind of under deliver i yeah. think you know, I, I take that responsibility incredibly quickly. I think you know you do have some places where it's just bum on seat, bum on seat, but uh, it's not not how I roll. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So so for us, I think it's about linking up and identifying what are key motivators for people. Actually, what does recognition look like for them? What does a good workplace look like for them? And you know, pass that information onto uh, the managers, pass that information onto kind of the HR team, pass that information onto the learning and development team. You know. Um, we, we do things like we set um, set dates for people to come into the business. So usually it's the first working Monday of every month, mm -hmm. but that's because we have induction and that gives you the best onboarding experience that we can provide you. Yeah. You start with a group of other people, so you have ready-made friends, you all get lost around the building together. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's intense, but you get to meet pretty much the entire business or kind of leaders from across the business you get to go out for lunch with the CEO and other senior members of staff and kind of get that face time and kind of understand that you are part of a, a wider family um, and you're not just kind of just dumped and left with your manager and never meet anybody else. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking at small things like that, actually. How do we make it inclusive? And I think that's a really big thing for us. It, it has to be an inclusive business. And I think, you know, inevitably, when you grow and when you grow at speed, things get left behind. And actually, yeah. the key to all of that is communicating well how am I meant to communicate with you if I don't know who you are? Yeah. So it's really kind of allowing people to understand the business. Um, I think the team have done a fantastic job in terms of uh, talent reviews. Um, I know that they, they do regular workshops with kind of uh, managers groups. Uh, we send around kind of employee surveys. And I know that anyone from GPS that's listening to this, they're probably grumbling, oh yeah, the employee surveys. Oh really? Um, yeah, so I think they're a relatively new thing for us and I think we have to look at um, look at that feedback and actually what initiatives can we put in place to, to A, identify what your pain points are, but actually how do we solve them? Um, and, and it's not an easy job and I think it's times like this, you know, I want to give a massive shout out to, to the HR team and to our learning development team because it's not, it's not an easy job and there is so much to do we can only do one thing at a time, mm. um, you know, but they're, they're getting there. It's a really, really good job. Um, I would say as well, data, 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 data is a massive thing. Um, I love data and I know that everyone's like, yeah, so does everyone, but um, data for us kind of helps us improve. And it goes back to that piece of taking subjectivity out of it. You're dealing with 
people and personalities and and all of this but actually there, there are some concrete things that we should be measuring against and you know my recruitment data kind of shows us actually what sort of people are working well actually which are the bad managers which processes are too slow and mm. um, we can look at all of that but equally on the other side of things we have to look at all the HR data you know the qualitative quantitative um, you, you know we're, we're looking at uh, turnover rates actually which parts of the business do we have an issue with the sort of people that we're bringing because we have high turnover we know that there are problem managers there um, employee surveys actually um, what, what are people saying what are the general trends ex interviews what are people saying you know what are the general trends for that um, you know managing performance uh, on the learning and development side actually what what data can we gather from from people's objectives and things like that so it's tying all of those things across and, and making sure that we can support people in the way that they know that they're being treated fairly mm. I think is a really key thing for us and you know uh, as a as a business we have a number of values in terms of courage integrity accountability um, flexibility and, and with that I think we need to we need to build those into our business as well I like courage in there courage in there I really like that why because I think um, it's actually quite unique so me being an external recruiter, mm. like over the last 17 years, I've gone I've heard all the buzzwords yeah, before. Yeah, <laughs> like I've gone and pitched, I don't know how many clients. And, you know, the rule number one is know their values mm. when you when you go in there. Because imagine if someone asks you and you're like, oh, I didn't even look at your website. That's, no, that's, that's you know, you know, that is <laughs> recruitment 101. But courage isn't one that I've heard in a very long time. And I think that's, that's really, um, I think why it stands out is because it's quite, it's it's very personal actually mm. whereas a lot of values for businesses can be like let's be agile let's make sure we move with the times rather than someone thinking about stepping outside their comfort zone doing something that they wouldn't normally do but for the right reasons i think that's why i like courage and, and that's just it and i think you know courage forms in in so many different ways it's the courage to say something if you don't agree with it or say something that you know other people are thinking and, and not saying and that goes back to you know our you know our, our team at GPS actually being honest with us and saying this isn't working mm. you know it goes back to the to us being able to hold our hands up and say we don't always get it right and but we need your help to kind of improve and I think it's it's a really fascinating thing but I think that, you know there's courage of and this is a big one for us I think it is courage of doing actually doing the things that scare us and you know I think one of the worst things you can ever come across is indecision and a lot of the time, if you're not making a decision, you're, you're stopping a lot of momentum, you're stopping a lot of motion happening. And if you make the wrong decision, a lot of the times we can just fix it. And I, I know that probably CEOs around the country are thinking okay. that's, that's totally wrong. <laughs> but I think sometimes you have to have the courage to make a, make a decision. And if it's right and it pays off fantastic, if it's wrong, you've learned a lesson and, and you fix it. Yeah. Um, that's quite bold and unique as well to be able to say that. Um, I think that's reflective of, of the business that, you know, it, it actually you're valuing trying to do something over getting it absolutely spot on first time. And I think if you have a culture of people that are, that know they have to get it absolutely perfectly, you're actually training people not to try. Yeah. And this way where you're saying, okay, if there is a mistake, that's all right, we'll fix it. But at least you're trying, at least you're stepping forward and out of your again I talk about comfort zone it's like my favorite true, thing you know um and yeah. what's it they say uh, perfection is the like enemy of productivity yeah you know yeah it's almost like you're training yourself well I'm not going to get it perfect so I'm not bother trying then oh, 
terrible. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I really, I really like the ethics. I really love the values. So you touched upon it for a second there. Um, it's a question that I'm going to be asking everybody, and it's around staff retention. Mm -hmm. So we all know at the moment across fintech, financial services, um, much older school banks with technology teams, uh, hiring is numero uno retention is, is DOS. Yeah. So um, I wanted just to hear a little bit about your thoughts about your strategy for staff retention and any advice you can give to the marketplace. Staff retention. Um, <laughs> I think it's controversially. Yeah. I think it's okay to let people go. Um, yeah. I think you need to recognise where you are as a business. So for us, um, we have had a super, super amount of change. Yeah. You know, uh, with private equity coming in, if that's a change in senior leadership. You know, the two founders aren't necessarily working on the day-to-day -day anymore. Um, and where we are from there to where we are now, it's, it's a different company. You know, I can't sit here and say I knew what it was like before, but it's a different company and you hear that around and um, some people don't like that. And some people do. Yeah. And I think totally. for, for those people, if you're a high performer, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's try and keep you in the business. But I think it's okay to say you did fantastic work for us, and I think it's okay for them to say this isn't what uh, I signed up for initially, and I think this is this is where we go, but we go on good terms. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I'd say for kind of older retention if you're going through kind of a transformational change. Yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with starting out with a vision, and then when you get a new vision you then bring in your people. So yeah. this is the this bit around staff retention. So where I can say kind of I've had an impact and where we kind of tie in for this is I've been brought in under one vision. I've known the pretty much the same leadership team, the same idea of where we're going as a business for the for the entire time. Um, and for me in terms of recruitment is is making sure it aligns across and it goes back to that aligning HR and learning and development. So when I'm interviewing a candidate, you know, core questions I'll ask is, you know, what are the top three most important things to you? Actually, if you're looking for a, a major multinational thousands and thousands of people with loads of clear structure and process, we're not the right person for you. We're not the right the, the right team mm. um, because you'll come in and you have the potential to be unhappy because you don't mm. like that sort of environment. Be frustrated. Yeah. yeah. So actually, from a recruitment point of view, it's finding out their motivators and their values at the beginning. Does that align to where we are as a business? Do Can we support them in where they want to develop? Actually, if you're coming to me and saying, you know, I, I want to be a chef. Okay, why are you joining us as a fintech company? You know, <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. Doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. And, you know, obviously um, that's being quite, uh, quite generalistic with it. You know, people have their own motivation and people need money, whatever else. But it's ensuring that those motivations align mm -hmm. to, to what we want. Because ultimately, as long as you're paying people uh, enough that they feel valued mm. it's all those other core elements that kind of come into play you know i think you read so many surveys salary isn't the number one thing for people anymore mm. and it's making sure that everything else on that list hits at the right spot mm. you've got a good manager you're feeling valued you, you align to the company's values mm. right so that's kind of step one step two once they're in the business are we developing you are we pushing you to be where you need to be um, are you making an impact? Do you feel valued by us? Um, so that goes back to the employee surveys. You know, do you feel listened to? You know, if you have an issue, do you have somewhere that you can come and talk to, to kind of make sure that your issues are resolved? Um, 
you know, we do a lot around manager training as well, actually making sure that our managers are, are being the best that they can be. Um, we look at, we're constantly looking at data uh, from an HR point of view, actually. Where do we have high turnover? What is the reason for that? You know, I think we, um, our HR team is really good at, you know, if they've highlighted an area, go and speak to every single member of that team. What's going on? Yeah. And then highlighting it early, actually, where do we need, where do we need change for you? Yeah. Um, so that, that's another kind of key thing. We, you know, we have all the, those mini little perks, like, you know, free food on a Friday because most people work from home. So the guys that are in the office, we all get kind of a free lunch and sit together. No. Um, you know, uh, Annette, my manager has just, uh, when she started, brought in benefits, which they didn't have before, um, and w- which is fantastic. Like, the amount that she's done is just utterly incredible. Um, so, you know, the private medical healthcare sort of piece, um, kind of cycle to work schemes, reward clubs, all of that. And, you know, I, I know everyone's like, look at the core values and don't think about the small, shiny things, but they, they do make a difference. Things do make a difference. They do make a difference. Yeah. Like, our, um, one of our chief information officers, she like saved like eight hundred pounds like last year through through this rewards thing. Wow, which is mad, yeah. mad. Um, and, and here's me saving like six pound on cinema tickets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's making sure that people in the business feel valued, and it's making sure that yeah we are developing them. You know, as much as they are working for a larger organisation, you know we still have a duty of care. For yeah, them, ultimately. Um, and then I think it's. And then I think it's okay to say goodbye and and no to the people that don't align to your vision anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really, really good, like hearing them in steps as well. Mm. So I think I often will go to the root cause because that's how my brain works, whereas a lot of companies will go, right, well, philosophy people, how do we fix, how do we fix? When it's actually, wait a second, let's, let's look at the data, as you say. Let's work out exactly what's going on. I love the fact that... um, you know, look, if you're going to go through change in the business, you could expect some change in the staff. It's, and it and sounds normal, it. doesn't it? And I think we we often have a tendency to be really reactive. Yeah. Really reactive uh, as a business, as, a, um, as an industry. You know, I've lost so-and-so. I need to replace them ASAP yesterday. Mm. And it's like, actually, why have they gone? And mm. actually, it's part of my job. Mm. actually that I should be getting on well enough that I know mm. thingy's g- going to go, you know, Bob in finance is going to go, because actually he's been here, what, three years, and he's reached the peak of where he can go. Yeah. You know, those lunchtime calls that he's having and those yeah. days off, you know. And I sh- you know his motivators as well. Exactly. So, you know, so yeah. it, you know, it's, and it's also us as a, um, we're recently, we're actually going through this exercise at the moment, is actually looking at succession planning. Yeah. Who is a red flag who is a amber who is a green who do we expect to be here in a year who do we expect to be here in you know yeah. two years and it's looking for us to be more proactive actually Anna we know that you know uh, James in in marketing is is likely to leave in six months right well let, let me start looking at my talent pool actually who do we have who can we bring on and board so it's about it's about planning yeah really the heart of everything is about planning yeah and I think throughout this this whole podcast you've been really um you've harked back to a number of key themes the values is it's obviously like so important but also being part of an ecosystem and your approach is so holistic you don't just look at this one one person for this one minute it's actually looking ahead a lot of the time and this proactivity that 
I can imagine people listening to this would go, wow, there's a hell of a lot more than I first anticipated. I and what so you do, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I really, I thank you so much for being so honest. I found it such a fascinating podcast because you shared things so so openly. Um, and you've given some real key takeaways. Um, but it is about the people. It's about investing in people and listening to them and communicating properly afterwards. Um, and you've definitely, definitely shown that that's something that, that you stand for as you but also as the business. So thank you very much for that. My last question, um, what is next on the horizon? A lot. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, so we um, we actually have our quiet period now um, instead of kind of around Christmas. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get as many policies and procedures yeah. um, done at the moment. So we're trying to um, embed our values across our entire system now. So from recruitment all the way to learning and development, all the way through kind of HR. Yeah. So um, for me, it's looking at how do we embed those, looking at um, our global expansion. So last year we opened offices in Singapore. This year we've just opened in Sydney. Um, we've got plans to do Dubai yeah. potentially as well. So it's looking at who do we need, when do we need them, um, pulling together all the people that we need to kind of to expand into that. So that's super exciting. It's really um, exciting. It's looking at hopefully if my manager's listening to this hiring me a little bit of help um, <laughs> <laughs> um you know we're just getting our headcount plans um together at the minute to really push but it's going to be an exciting year yeah. rapid growth for us very exciting time so Everyone listening needs to keep their eye on GPS and what exactly. Anna Pullen's up to. <laughs> um, so, look, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. Um, everyone listening, please tune in again for the next Talent Surgery. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. <laughs>